the inner league is back but it's not monday which is weird because we don't really record on mondays but today's tuesday it, it's almost like someone got suspended for a podcast spax was that you did you get suspended for a podcast <laughs> i did i did i was working you on my change up uh, yeah someone said some stuff to me from the dugout okay so i charged them I got tackled, okay. but I got suspended. One one day, okay. one day suspension. Hey. I didn't appeal. I, didn't I appeal. said you didn't appeal, so like you just took it. So. Yeah, it's one day. You know, figured get back at it. You know, do what I had to do for the team, and uh, we're we're back into it. Hey, well, you know, you know, you, you know, you're just, you're not letting down anyone. It's not, it's not a big deal, you know. If you're not there, it's you know, it's just not a big of a deal. Yeah, I'll get over it. You know, yeah, it was a it was an off day for for the Yankees. I fear I'd take an off day too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then if if we're following those rules, I guess I'll see you <laughs> on Monday. Yeah, Monday? I'm quarantining. I'm quarantining. Yeah, like I'm, oh, I'm man. in solidarity with the St. Louis Cardinals right now. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, dude, Kelly showed me a meme yesterday. And it was like. Uh, like what baseball fans are thinking right now or whatever. And then like in the bottom right corner, it was uh, the dude from uh, uh, what's the movie with Jennifer Aniston. And they're like on the road trip. Um, Meet the Millers. Uh-huh. The son for Meet the Millers. It was like him. Kenny. And it said, <laughs> yeah, it was Kenny. And he said, wait, there's baseball being played. I was like, yeah, dude, that's definitely how Cardinals fans are feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's, he's giving you ten thousand dollars. I'm only getting a thousand dollars. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> oh, poor, uh, poor Kenny, and he gets he gets bit Kenny. on the get gets bit on the downstairs. Yep. by a spider. Poor kid. Um, so yeah, Cardinals with the week off. Uh, not really much to talk about there. We we do have mm-hmm. simulation baseball for the Cardinals. They they did have. A strong week there. They uh, went four and one in their five games. They uh, swept a, a two-game series against the Royals and took two out of three from Cincinnati. So uh, extended out their their league again. Um, picked up a half game on Milwaukee, so they're eleven games up now. Um, I know we talked about double digits, you know, at like the All Star break, which was a couple weeks ago, and now they're still there. Uh, Cincinnati's 14 and a half back Pittsburgh's 23 and a half and the Cubs are 24 games back. Um, so that's, that's what you could have looked forward to if the, uh, if the 162 game season started instead, you know, Cubs are on a, on a roll. Yeah. You know what also would have excited me about those standings? If we would have just played like better than media, like mediocre to just a little bit better than mediocre baseball for like, you know, the, seven games we played or whatever it was five games um yeah so um it had been like oh yeah you know we would have went you know four and one or something it would be like oh yeah just like the simulation we'd be good um but i don't know maybe maybe we'll come back strong we've had a couple weeks off and uh right now we're just hoping we play on friday yeah um the the simulation cardinals did pass atlanta so they're back in third in the nl um they're a couple games behind Washington, who are 75 and 43, um, to the Cardinals 72 and 47, um, and then the Dodgers still have their video game stats going. Uh, they're 90 and 30, so 
Uh, yeah. I think they lose like one and a half games a podcast. Yeah, it's or something. It's pretty dumb, stupid. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Um, it, it's actually right around that. So I guess this is our our fifteenth episode. So they're at two losses per podcast right now. Um, yeah. But that's dumb. It's dumb. Um, the Yankees, the simulation Yankees, they played about as well as the real Yankees did. Um, they went one and six last week. They got <laughs> swept by the White Sox and lost three out of four to Oakland. Um, That's rough. Dude. Oakland's playing good ball, though. So. Yeah, they uh, Tampa Bay gained three and a half games in the standings. Uh, so they're only seven and a half games up on Tampa Bay now. Uh, but then 19 and a half up on Boston, 24 and a half on Toronto, 25 and a half on Baltimore. Um, so those three teams are pretty much out of it, but... Tampa Bay was able to make a a, strut, uh, a pretty good run there, um, and now they the Yankees have dropped back to third in the AL. Um, they were behind Cleveland anyway, um, who were 76 and 42, but now Oakland is 73 and 45, a couple games in front of them after taking three out of four. So uh, both still in first, pretty comfortable leads. Cardinals definitely significantly more so. Um, right around the same record, the Cardinals have played one more game and it's a win, so they're technically a half game up on the on the Yankees. Um, but they're leading their division and they're third place out of uh, division leaders as well. So we would be starting the division series on the road against whoever we play. Uh, so pretty similar season so far um, with, you know, what, 100 and... 110, 118 games into the season. So they got about 44, 45 games left. Um, So it should be, should be all right to hold on to it down the stretch, I would think. Um, But yeah, as far as uh, live baseball, like we said, (laughs) Cardinals, not a whole lot to talk about uh, in terms of the team. Uh, We haven't seen them play now. What their last game was July 29th against Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so much it's so really that awesome. every that everything we had to say, like last podcast, we covered what it would look like, like what we wanted to see change from the Cardinals, and they haven't played a game since that last podcast. Still, so really not much else to do there. Um, they're currently in a stretch of they were supposed to play a three-game series uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against Pittsburgh. That's been postponed due to COVID. And then they had a doubleheader slated for Thursday against Detroit as part of some of their makeup games. And that also has already been postponed. Um, and then there's they've just said that there's expected to be an announcement later in the week for when the Cardinals will return to play. So we don't know if that'll be this weekend or not. Um, but even still, if the Cardinals do resume play on Friday for them to get to their 66 uh their 60 games it would be 55 games in 45 days so that's a minimum of like 10 double headers at this point um and that would also assume the cardinals take no off days and have zero rainouts so dude all the stars will line up it'll be just a a picture perfect ending you know like oh, everything will go perfect from here on out cubs just uh beat the indians so what did Rob Manfred say the other day? I, well, I think as long as we can get him to a respectable number of baseball games played, it'll be all right. Yeah, I have no idea what they would consider a respectable number of games. I don't know either. We're already um, only playing 60. The so, Changing it up to go... number 60. Yeah, changing it up to go to a win percentage, I think, is, is ridiculous. Um, I also think that like, in a situation where, like, you you know... 
So you're able to discern that the Cubs are X amount of games in front of the Cardinals right now based on wins and losses in the games that they've played. So I feel like the Cardinals would should hold themselves responsible and try to make up as many of those games as they can and go from there. Because like, if you're going to say, all right, well, the Cardinals only need to play 50 games and then they end up winning out on win percentage and they win the division over the Cubs – but six of the ten games that the Cardinals don't play are against the Cubs, how is that reasonable? Like, how is that acceptable? Yeah. Like, insert whatever, or like, or if you go the other way, what if, like, six of the ten games the Cardinals don't get to play are against the Pirates, and they miss out on a playoff spot because of win percentage? Like, yeah. you, you determined what rules everyone's going to play by. I feel like the Cardinals just need to be held accountable to make that happen, and if that means that they got to play a whole bunch of doubleheaders, then so be it. You know, like yep. we were we were spitballing and kind of talking about things before the podcast. And I brainstormed an idea that I hadn't really thought of before, but they do split squads in spring training. So why not just allow the Cardinals to split squad with, you know, the alternate training site? And I know the argument's been made like, oh, well, not they can't just play a game with the 30 guys at the alt training site because not all of those guys are on the 40 man roster. But I think like I. I could be wrong, but I would imagine if you give the players the the option, would you rather play an even amount of games and allow these guys to play games without being on the 40-man roster and have there be no roster penalties in regards to that and just make the decision to waive all of that because you're the MLB and you're the one that enforces it and controls it? Because you're or, just making up rules on the fly, like yeah. what's a respectable amount of games and should we play by winning percentage or not, you know? Right, like your... we, we can't touch the 40-man roster because it's sacred, but we're already only going to play seven inning <laughs> games on double headers. You know, extra <laughs> innings start with a runner on second base. Everyone's we using a DH. DH in both yeah. leagues. Like, so, we're well, we can't electronic strike zones. Yeah, know? like we can't, we can't change rules, but we're going to change the rules. But that rule we can't change. Yeah, yeah this, this it's untouchable. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Like I don't know, I I would love to hear the logic behind why some of these other creative solutions, you know, quote unquote creative solutions, aren't doable. Um, you know, because think really for all teams it'd be a good idea to kind of run split squads, right? And be like, if you know, if you need a day off, if you know, I want to keep these people at the hotel today. I don't want them coming out. Like you can manage that situation a little bit better than like these 30 guys are always going to travel with us. Like you don't have to take everybody on every road trip. Like you can get guys more experience. I know like uh, what uh, starting people's clocks maybe might have to come up in that, but. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, right. And, and I, so I get that. And like, maybe it's easy for me to sit here and say that like, Oh, that really shouldn't be a big deal. And personally, I don't think it should. Um, Yeah. Like, I think that these guys should get paid like the league minimum for games that they're playing at the major league level, just like they normally would if it was a 162 game season, you know, whatever the case may be like, that's fine. It's all good and dandy, but these guys are still getting perks. So it's like, all right, well maybe your, your service time clock doesn't start. If you play in a situation where your team is facing a COVID outbreak. So like a team has to have X amount of players test positive and in doing so, like if that happened, then you're able to utilize this split squad or fill spots with guys that are not on the 40 man roster um, or something along those lines. But what I don't get is like, like if it's concerning, like where 
the Cardinals had two additional positive tests um, over the weekend, like that initially shut down the Friday game against the Cubs. And then they had one more positive test that led to the entire weekend series being canceled. They haven't had any more come out since then. And the Pittsburgh series got canceled and the Detroit series got canceled because they're having these guys all go through testing still. But the one positive test that came out was Lane Thomas, who shared a room with a guy that had already tested positive. So I feel like through contact tracing, it wasn't a surprise that Thomas tested positive. Like, I don't think that that should have been, like, this mind-blowing thing. Like, oh, my God, we still have people getting it. Well, yeah, like, one guy got it, and you had another guy sharing a room. Which is leaves a whole other question for me. Like, you can't afford yeah. 30 hotel rooms. Like, why do you guys need to share a room? Like, what, I don't get that at all. Like, these players make a minimum. Filming. Yeah, like, these players make a minimum of $550,000 a year. I get they're only getting a percentage of that, but, like, I make nowhere near the percentage of that that they're making, and I can afford my own goddamn hotel room. So, like, I don't get why they're, why that would be the scenario. They were just trying to save money. Yeah. And thought, you know, and they were like, if we have an outbreak, hey, we're just going to have an outbreak is what it is. Yeah. And... And I, I guess that's, and for me, like, I think that that's fine. Um, I think the, the if the Marlins have shown, shown anything, they had their outbreak and played a game on that Sunday when players that initially started testing positive, they played a game and none of the Phillies got it. So social distancing on the field and stuff like that. I don't know that anyone that had tested positive played in the game on Sunday. I know the guy that was supposed to start got scratched from his start. Um, yeah. so they, they could have sat or whatever the case might've been. Um, but I think that like, if you, if you're like, if you try to minimize that risk and st- you know, things of that nature, like you're, it, it should be, it should be fine. Like you should just be able to, to make it happen and play a game still like in the midst of that outbreak. Um, I don't know the point of having the other 30 guys readily available to you if you aren't going to fill seven, eight, nine, ten players missing, you know, like, you, yeah. Or you're going to put, put self-inflicted obstacles in the way where I say like, well, not all of them are on the 40 man roster. Like that seems like a really easy hurdle to remove. And then the Cardinals could just be playing games with their alternate site, which granted I get like, isn't ideal, but the Cardinals are at fault for their outbreak. Yep. It's like they're, yeah, you know, like being held accountable, there's gonna be punishment to that. Like, why? Yeah, you know, just just let let it be its thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would think they have to at all costs, especially because so we're still only like just you know pretty early into this whole thing anyway. Is another team? This happens to another team, like, and now these teams have to play each other, and like schedules just get all wonky, like the only way you're going to be able to accomplish that is to just allow more players just to play in and out like that. Like you'll have to figure that out and it's probably better until you bubble. Anyway, if you're going to bubble for the postseason, which it sounds like they're going to do because I think they've realized they screwed the pooch um, in not bubbling the first time, um, then you might as well just open it up. Like, yeah, we've changed all the rules. We're just accommodating this year in general 2020 baseball is not 
2019 baseball it's not 2021 baseball like it's just going to be 2020 baseball and that's what we're going to have to deal with um so right we'll because, see if baseball puts it together yeah because some some baseball is better than no baseball and i and that was that was the goal right like how many games can we get in you know like once we established a game like these things should have been thought about when we said, hey, we're going to go 60 games. Hey, we're going to have this taxi squad of people because if you have seven people test positive for COVID, we're going to need to do contact tracing, get everyone, get all our protocols in order, get new players up, get them going and miss minimal downtime. Like that was the point of the taxi squad, right? Like minimal downtime, being able to move players in and out, but like we're just not even going to use it. Oh, hey, nah. We're just not going to use it. Shut them down for two weeks. That's the new rule, because we didn't have a fucking plan when we went into this, you know. Right, and and that's my whole thing is that it it doesn't like the MLB isn't coming out and saying anything about like well well here's what we're going to do in the face of a third outbreak from another team, you know, or a second outbreak for the Cardinals or the Marlins. You know, like here's yeah. here's what's going to happen. Now they have made changes with like now you can no longer leave the team hotel when you're traveling. <laughs> they got security they got security guards out at hotels yeah, watching yeah. people. And even still like the Indians had two different starting pitchers leave and they made the right decision, sent them home and they missed starts. Like Clevenger was supposed to start tonight against the Cubs and the Cubs knocked around whoever pitched for the Indians. So I think they put up like I also eight, read that- seven runs. I read that Clevenger like defended uh, the other pitcher like during like meetings and stuff, and then later it was found out that Clevenger was out with him. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I just if players are gonna be knuckleheads, like they're 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 putting themselves before the league, and that's in itself why the league's at risk of failing is because that's what yeah. majority of the players seem to be doing, and the all the owners care about is increasing their profits like because again like early on when all the stuff and they were in all their negotiations and whatnot they were talking about all these losses and really it's not losses it's just profiting less and but they view as like oh well we want you to to eat some of these losses as well because we want to make more money not it's not the difference between making money and losing money it was making a lot of money and making a decent amount of money yeah, you know, or maybe making a boatload of money and making a lot of money is probably more accurate. <laughs> like, so, like I, I get that they're doing things and they're putting other protocols in place that, you know, seemingly stop this. It's not going to get down. The Phillies just tie this game. Oh god, <laughs> Baltimore. Oh, it was Didi that did it though, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um. No, I think that's an interesting angle, though, because, like, I you know, we we obviously took the player's side. Well, I typically take the player's side and the like, hey, like, I, I understand, like, you're going to fight for your money. Like, I've never understood, like, in any other workplace, you're not allowed to talk about your dollars. But in sports, they take care of the next person in sports. That's what their goal is. If you're a really good player and you're up for a contract, you don't typically take less than you're worth because the next guy behind you is going to be worth more than that. And you're constantly setting a bar for yourself. And so I got it when players were like, no, I'm not going to play for less money. Like that's not my worth, blah, 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 blah. But really from the owner's side, like I bet you they're looking at this going like, if this turns into any more of a shit show, like 
you're going to be in baseball for the next, you know, five to six years. I'm going to own this team for the next 20 to 30 years. Um, like I'm going to have to continually fund this. We have to go through all this marketing stuff. Like, so now I kind of see it from their side. Like they're going to pay for the long-term aspects of like how big of a shit show this could turn out to be. Right. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, you, you can't, you can't live in a situation where like pick any team. Let's say at the beginning of September, a team get, you know, has an outbreak and you don't have a month and a half to make those games up. Yep. What are, what are you going to do? Like, Oh, well, you know, like the, your last three games were postponed because you had a COVID outbreak. Well, there aren't three additional days to make that up. And you've already jammed the schedule right up to the postseason because you've expanded the number of teams that made it to the postseason. So now you need additional postseason games. So you have to start them earlier. Otherwise you risk playing into the winter. Now, if they're going to turn around and say like, Hey, we're going to bubble in Arizona, you know, or, you know, I mean, if they bubble in Florida, every team's going to end up getting COVID because yeah, they you're just don't get... for problems. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably like the players will go out and start part with the NBA players or whatever the case may be. Well, I was reading that uh, I don't know when the story was from, but they were talking about bubbling in the greater Chicago area, which would also include Milwaukee. Um, if they did it that way. Interesting. So like, I, I just don't know why they wouldn't go to Arizona. Like they have the cactus yeah. league there. There's, you know, 15 stadiums in like a 50 mile radius of each other. And you don't even need near that many. If you're just in the postseason. like you could probably get away with like four fields you know, that, that all you need, but you would just be able to control it. Like, think of it like, you know, what the NHL's doing. That the hotels are, like, right next to the fields, or the rinks that they're playing at, and the practice rinks are, like, right in that scenario as well, like, right in that atmosphere. Um, I don't know what the NBA setup is at Disney. Um, obviously, they're all, I think they're all playing on the same court um, for the for the restart that they have. Um, but they weren't worried about like how long they were they were given to do things. You know, like there was never a concern with yeah, like where the MLB was like, nope, hard stop. We're not playing and we're not playing past October thirty first. And yeah. I I get to like part of that I think comes from like the NHL in a sense where, like they're I. I haven't been able to find it since I talked about it over the weekend, um, you know, with my brother. Um, but I'm pretty sure like the 2020-2021 season for the NHL is postponing that start into December, where normally that starts in October. So your actions for having a Stanley Cup Finals in, for the 2019-2020 season extended back, you know, when how long it's going to go on, I, which needs to be, I mean, like you still have, like you've just started the normal NHL playoffs tonight. Um, so you still have 16 teams playing and normally your season would start up in two months. Like regular season would start in two months. Obviously yeah. that isn't going to fly. So they had to push it back. So I don't know if that means that they're just going to have a condensed schedule. Um, if they're going to have a shortened season next year, um, if it's going to go later into the gonna, year, are they going to have to bubble? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's still, I because we definitely could still be dealing with all of this stuff, you know, come 
October come next spring. You know, like I've I've read plenty of things that talk about um, that this might just be uh, a normal thing now, like the flu. You know, it's like if that's the case, like do we then just start to treat it like the flu? You know, like I get that it's a little bit more severe in some instances, but you know, as we start to learn more about it, if it becomes more manageable, if we have better resources, if we're able to identify it quicker, um, you know, do we just do we start to like does it become the new norm that that's how it is like? I, yeah. I don't know. Like, all of those are unknowns because we don't know how long this is really going to float around. Um, but I would think that, at the very least, like, sports should take take a page from, <laughs> from schools and figure out what they're going to do next year in every scenario. What if, okay, so opening day rolls around, this is still going on, and we aren't able to have fans. Do we play? Like, do we just do 162 games like normal? Like, what what do we do? Like, what's going to happen with revenue in that regard? Are players going to be willing to take a loss? Or are they going to say, nope, pay me my money. You can deal with ticket sales not being there. Um, but those are conversations that I think they should have now. Because it's only going to be detrimental and you're going to force yourself into making a decision when you run out of time. Um, maybe they don't have to worry about, like, maybe it doesn't need to be discussed right this minute in the midst of a season going on, but I think, like, as soon as the season's done, owners and the MLBPA should start to have that conversation. Um, hockey should be doing the same thing. Like, all right, we bubbled for the postseason. What are we going to do if come December things aren't any better and we need to travel? Um, if Canada still isn't allowing sports be you know if they consider sports non-essential travel you have a ton of nhl teams that are in canada so what are you going to do for that um like these are all questions that in my opinion they should have a game plan coming into and then it's not a matter of what are we going to do it's okay well what's the situation this is our answer but you know it, it doesn't seem like anything you know even from like a like a normal everyday approach it doesn't really seem like anyone's taking that thing. Like I said, like schooling, at least in our area, you know, and like the, the greater St. Louis area and like you being on the other side of the river, it doesn't seem like they really had it figured out ahead of time. So I could be wrong. I'm not, I don't have kids in school or anything like that. So I'm not as in tune with it. Um, but I just know like a little bit from like what Katie's dealt with, uh, you know, with, with doing online classes and stuff like that, kind of being in the know with what they're saying that like, this is what we're doing. We're offering online classes, but there's no in, in person classes, you know? Um, and then I see everyone talking about schooling. So it just seems like it isn't being discussed and we haven't heard anything about next seasons for any sports. Um, so hopefully as they wrap up, that's what the focus goes towards. Like, okay, what do we need to do? to have the most efficient and most productive um, next season that we possibly can. And come that time when, you know, they're, if they don't talk about it, we're going to remember this podcast right here. And like the interleague called this way ahead of time. Yeah. I Trevor no Bauer the shit out of this. Yeah. No one was talking about this. They just Nobody. need a process manager. Chris. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> And insert their tickets or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, but I said, like, <clears throat> well, it's yet to be seen. Um, if, if anything, the Cardinals can take, oh, wow. Why did you try to make that play? Sorry. I'm watching this Phillies Baltimore game. Like, just neither team wants to win. Um, 
Oh yeah, no, it's tied up right now. Well, yeah. So the the Orioles scored. Oh wow! Inside the park home run. Nice. Yeah. So the Orioles scored three runs to take the lead in the top of the ninth. Let up two runs in the bottom of the ninth. Um, so Phillies tied it. Sent it to extras. Um, a low line drive. Obviously, runner starts on second. Low line drive that a that Quinn could have potentially got to, but likely was going to hold uh, the runner on second close enough to second. And if you just keep it in front of you, it's probably first and third. Instead, Quinn tries to go all out to make a catch in center field. The ball gets by him and rolls all the way to the wall. And Austin Hayson inside the park home run because of it. Nice. So now Baltimore's up by two. Probably could have kept it first and third with no one out, but now you're down two. It's like just d- dumb baseball. Dumb baseball. Phillies deserve to lose this game, and their bullpen's terrible. Can't believe they fucking took two out of three from the Yankees. Or th- dude, dude, your boy Bryce Harper beat you guys up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> so back back to what I was saying. Um, <laughs> so the Cardinals, if anything, I think they can take kind of a positive from Miami potentially. Um, so they were the other team that had a really long layoff. Um, the Phillies as well. Um had a pretty decent amount of time off. Um, the Phillies came back and they took two out of three from the Yankees, which is, you know, nothing to shake your head at. Um, and then the Marlins, they've won, they went five and two since, are five and three now with the loss tonight next innings. But they were went five and two in their first seven games back. Um, with that said, they did beat up on the Orioles. So, um, you know, Take that as you will. Um, but I, I think Baltimore is a, a relatively competitive team. Um, obviously, they're they're beating up on the Phillies. They had some tough games against the Yankees earlier. Uh, they're floating around 500. But so uh, significant layoff, it didn't equate to, oh, we're just not ready. We can't compete. I mean, the Marlins won games. The Phillies won games. So potentially the Cardinals could also win games. I don't know enough about what the Phillies and Marlins were doing in their downtime though, to the extent that the Cardinals were like full on quarantined in Milwaukee. And it was like a big deal that they didn't even get to practice until like Wednesday and Thursday when they were supposed to start up playing Friday of this last weekend. And then when they went back into quarantine, they still haven't even taken the field. Like they aren't practicing or anything. So not only are they not playing competitive baseball, but they haven't been on the field taking batting practice. Their pitchers aren't throwing. Yeah. Like, they're not fielding anything. They're not even shagging fly balls. Like they aren't doing anything when it comes to baseball. And that has to do like that has to throw you off. Like you're not just going to take two full weeks off and then expect your timing to be game ready for, especially for an offense that already looked bad. I don't think two weeks off is just going to magically make the Cardinals offense look good. <laughs> no. Yeah. And if it, if it does awesome. Um, and uh, like I said, like, when we were talking about it last week, it was, it was going to be a tough draw. Like after all this time off, you were coming back against Chicago. I thought it was kind of a blessing that the weekend got postponed because now you were looking at coming back with three games against Pittsburgh, two games against Detroit, much weaker opponents. And you get some wins under your belt. You kind of shake off the rust. You know, like you can have a bad game and still get wins in those games. If you play a bad game against the Cubs with the way the Cubs are playing right now, you know, 11 and three, I think they have the best record in baseball probably not winning that game. So I, I felt it was like a, a, a blessing for them that the weekend got rained out or postponed quote unquote rained out, COVID it out. Um, 
but now they lost all the games against Pittsburgh and Detroit. So I, I don't even know who they have this weekend. I think it's the White Sox. Yeah, so who who knows? Um, White Sox are one of those teams that are sometimes they look really good and sometimes they look like they're a triple-A team. Um, so maybe not so bad, but obviously they're a better team probably than Detroit and Pittsburgh. So it'll just be it'll just be tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not touching a bat for two weeks is what Bader needs to get him going. Um, but then it's it's the White Sox followed directly by the Cubs. Oh, so a little, little Chicago trip they got going yeah. on. And then and then we go to Cincinnati. Then we go to KC. Or I don't know about going, but Cleveland, Cincinnati, like back to the Cubs, like. So pretty, uh... pretty, pretty decent, pretty tough stretch in my opinion. You know, there, there's, those are going to be some competitive games. And I was like, I think having five games of warm up against Pittsburgh and Detroit would have done a lot to put you in a better position to compete against the White Sox. And then now at that point, you've played every day for a week. You're probably mostly back to in in a routine to go into playing the Cubs, playing Cincinnati, playing Cleveland. Um, you know, it's obviously Cleveland's one of the better teams in the AL Central. Um, and then the Reds and the Cubs are probably going to be who you're fighting for, you know, for winning, like for the division spots, the two spots that you get. Those are probably two of the teams you're going to be competing with. Um, Milwaukee will probably be in the mix there somewhere. Um, I know they came back and tied Minnesota, but I think that game's still going on. Yeah, 4 4 uh, bottom of the eighth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what game I thought you were talking about earlier. I didn't hear you say Orioles. I thought you said Twins. I was like, yeah, they're tied up right now. Now, um, so the the Orioles are still, like, somehow are still floating around 500, and they were in second place uh, in the in the East. So that's why I kind of watch them. Um, obviously, with their but with their win tonight, they they're a half game behind Tampa Bay but I fully anticipate both of those teams winning tonight. Like I, the Phillies, I guess could turn around and also blow the lead in the, in the 10th. Um, Philadelphia will get a guy on second to start the inning, just like Baltimore did. Um, and then I think the Rays are up like nine to one, eight to two, something like that over Boston. Um, so I'm sure they'll, they'll both win. Um, so Yankees after starting eight and one are only up by like a game and a half on Tampa Bay. Yep. I'm liking this Padres uniform. Yeah, the new ones. Yeah, I also am a fan. Uh, of like, it's like beigey gold dish. I'm liking it. Yeah. And as soon as I say that, Profar hits a homer. So you know, <laughs> he hurt you. He's like, yeah, yeah. They're whooping up on the Dodgers. Oh, Yellick goes the other way. So that can be a double. Yellick's dude. Yellick's been a really good player here lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, woke up. And, that, and that's what's surprising is like he has hit the ball pretty well lately. I think he's got like three or four home runs on the year now, and he's still batting like 150. <laughs> like that's how bad yeah, he was. Over the like last of the week. Year. Yeah, I think over the last week he's been batting like 333, and yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was so so abysmal at the start of the year. His season overall average is yeah, it's not looking too hot. Um. So, yeah, so not not really much I'll say about the Cardinals. Hopefully they get back into action Friday against the White Sox. Um, haven't heard anything one way or the other. Um, nothing, nothing's come out of the camp about like any roster changes or 
you know, I don't know how long the guys that have tested positive will will need to be out. Um, I know I think it was like seven days before you get tested again. So hey, with with the additional time off, yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say hey, so with with the additional time off, like I know like DeYoung and Molina were like two of the bigger ones that had tested positive initially in the outbreak, and from like Mosaic was saying like they those two may not miss any games. So I don't know if that was like the Cardinals ploy the whole time. Jericho get enough of that one. Yep, six four Milwaukee. Jed Jerko. Bad cleanup for the Milwaukee Brewers. Could have been, you know, your third baseman. Um But yeah, so So they Card like I, I don't I don't know. Like there's still so much on now with the Cardinals. Um Everyone talked about their pitching depth for a really long time. I guess we're going to see that because 55 games in 45 days, you're definitely going to need that. Um, who knows? Um, Shit, well, what was it? The Miami Marlins who like started seven different starters in seven days? Yeah. Or eight days? Was something it seven? Like, I think it was seven. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so they can do it. And they were winning games. We should be able to you know, hold yeah. ourselves accountable. And, you know, play a respectable amount of baseball games here in uh, yeah. the St. Louis organization. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the Yankees a little bit. Um, they uh, didn't play so great last week. Um, they, In my opinion, they, they played two really good teams that have not so impressive records. Um, the Phillies are struggling like they have. I, On paper, I think the Phillies should easily run away with the East or at least like be up there competing at the top. They are not a sub 500 team. They played 500 baseball last year. And I think they only got better this year. Um, they're five and six right now and they're losing to the Baltimore Orioles. So they could be five and seven, um, but they took two out of three. Cause they're, cause they're not a good baseball team. Smacks. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They, they took two out of three from the Yankees. Um, really the one game we won was the one that Cole started. Um, well, leadoff base set for the Phillies, 10 to nine. <laughs> See, the Orioles are so bad. Everyone keeps saying that they're, that they're good. Their offense is ridiculous, but they're pitching so bad. Um, yeah. And Cole's, he pitched game one, uh, six innings. Yankees offense hit three home runs is a pretty typical Yankee win. Um, and then game two was the return of J.A. Happ, um, Walked six guys, let up some hits. Uh, they went to the bullpen because they were down, so they let, like, rookie guys pitch. Those guys got hit around. Those hits were kind of bad luck. Um, I think you and I were actually in Discord when I was watching the game, and I even made the comment that, like, when the Phillies hit something, it just went exactly where it needed to. Um, I think they had, like, two or three infield hits. They had, like, two or three just little, like, short bloopers that landed over the out over the infield but in front of the outfield and so they tacked on like seven runs um late and the yankees made a late charge but i think they ended up losing like 11 to 7 um but just a hap like just terrible you know so bad i they should have never resigned him i'm gonna say this i'm gonna die on this hill jay haps not been resigned i'm not a fan i hope they move him to the bullpen so he can stop starting games um and then Game three, 
uh, Montgomery got touched up a little bit early, um, letting up three in the first, two more in the third. Um, but the Yanks, you know, mounted a comeback. I think they lost five to four. Uh, but the Yanks bullpen combined for four scoreless innings and only allowed two hits. So bullpen looked good. Montgomery was rocky at the beginning, and offense just couldn't come back from being down by five. Um, so we lost about three. One one, half was bad, and then we lost a close game. So couldn't wasn't mad about that. Uh, going into the weekend series with four games against Tampa Bay, uh, so one of them was a doubleheader, and I was like, all right, if we split this or take you know three, take four, whatever, it'll be fine. Um, game one, I have no idea what happened to the Yankees offense or really the offense in general. Um, both teams only had two hits. Uh, Tampa Bay won the game one, nothing. Um, really what it came down to was Adovino walked two guys in the eighth inning and they scored a run without getting a base hit in that inning, like just moving the runners over. So, uh, yeah, like the Yankees couldn't hit and, Tampa Bay took advantage of some timely walks, scratched a run across the plate, one one nothing. Um, game two, that's rough. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch. It was very frustrating. Uh, but Tampa Bay's pitchers, they used six pitchers, and like every one of them just seemed to have New York baffled. Like they they kind of had different arm slots. They threw different pitch makeups. Like I think it was just very well executed from a managerial stance. Um, and they like. Um, Blake Snell started the game and only lasted three innings because they already had him up to like 60 pitches and were just battling on him. So they went to their bullpen pretty early, in my opinion, um, just because like Snell was like bent but never broke. Um, and then they used five pitchers over the course of the last six innings and they just, you know, kept, kept the Yankees off balance. Like it was just a really well-pitched game. Got to score runs to win games, and Tampa Bay stopped them from doing that. And that's to be like I wouldn't be surprised if that's the only game the Yankees get shut out all year. Um, game two, Garrett Cole pitched again. Uh, it's his turn up in the lineup. Um, probably, in my opinion, his roughest outing. Uh, Tampa Bay definitely battled in a lot of at bats. Uh, he only went four and two thirds, but he had already thrown like 107 pitches. Uh, he got pulled after Jose Martinez took him deep. Um, he would have been in line for the win had he gotten one more out, but he wasn't. Um, he did strike out 10. So didn't he strike out 10 then? Yeah, and then that's where like the video came out of like his hat sticking to his fingers and everyone's all up in arms about it. So ridiculous, people that the things people pick apart. Um, <clears throat> but. That, so that game did make me think, though. All right, so in a doubleheader, the game's already seven in, like it's been shortened to seven innings. So do you think that MLB should consider changing the official stat for what qualifies for a win? Like normally a starting pitcher has to complete five innings to be in line for the win. But if it's only a seven-inning game, do you think that they should lower that standard? Well, I mean, it doesn't touch the 40-man roster, so... I think we're cool with it. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. Changed. Yeah. Three innings. I think as long as you pitch to Blake Snell, we'll call it the Snell rule. Three innings, leave the game. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would even in. be willing. I'd even be willing to give him four 
you know, like split the difference. We remove two innings. We'll give one to the starter, one to the bullpen. So four innings in a seven inning game qualifies for a win. It's just over that halfway mark, just like a, um, a regular game would be. Um, it's like the same thing would be relevant for like, um, rain delays, stuff like that. Like, is it five innings for it to be an official game, even though you're only playing seven or would the top of the fourth be the halfway point? Cause it's normally through four and a half innings. You know, so would it be through three and a half innings if you're playing seven innings? Like, does that change anything um, for it to be completed? I hope it rains during a uh, doubleheader so we can figure out if baseball has worked that out because we're going to go with they haven't worked that out yet. Yeah, no one's like even the... thought of it. <laughs> they It hasn't even crossed their mind that it could happen. Like, they're yeah, they're not even on that page at Spag, so I can't That's wait true. to watch that. That's true. Um, so... And that was Garrett Cole versus Tyler Glass. Now, I thought that that would have been the game for it to be one nothing. It was not that. Um, Yankees knocked Glass now out in the third. He didn't even pitch through the third. Um, they hit another three home runs. So the offense finally kind of showed back up. Um, and then game two of the doubleheader, it was like a battle of bullpens. Um, both guys that started had – it was like their first start of the year. Um, more Normally work out of the, the innings uh, – work innings out of the bullpen. Um, again, Ray's kind of bent, but never broke. Uh, Yankees had eight hits and three walks, um, but they only scored three runs. Um, and then he, I think the Rays had like four or five hits, but they scored five runs because the Yankees walked nine guys. So in the same way that they lost game one due to walks, they lost the third game of the series to walks. Um, and... It, it was bad. It was, it was tough to watch. It was very frustrating. Um, and then game four, I feel like this was the game that was finally victim of the taxing that's been going on at the Yankees bullpen so far this year. So Paxton finally had a good outing. He cruised through like six innings. Should have been his first solid outing of the year. But I think due to the innings that they've put on their bullpen, they like boon through Paxton out for the seventh. Um, gave up, uh, I think, a double uh, to lead off the inning and then let up back-to-back home runs after retiring one guy. So that 3 nothing lead became 3-3 three to three real quick. And then Britton pitched for the first time in a tie game, and he gave up the winning hit with two outs and runners on second and third uh, in the ninth, and the Rays won on a walk-off. So it's like 4-3. to three. But I think that if Chapman were not out still and Canely didn't just go down for Tommy John surgery and the bullpen hadn't already been taxed a whole bunch, um, Cole obviously didn't pitch. You know, he only pitched into the fourth. And then you had a pure bullpen game, the the other game of the doubleheader. So, like, everyone had kind of just pitched. So they are trying to get extra innings out of Paxson. His pitch count wasn't that high, but he just hasn't been that sharp this year. Um and that's like I think that that's what lost it for them. Um, so they dropped that game. So lost two out of three to Philly, lost three out of four to Tampa Bay. Um, luckily they went eight and one to start the year, so they were in good shape to have some cushion. Um, they're now into like their difficult part of the season, in my opinion. Um, like their next twenty games are against. Atlanta, Boston, Tampa Bay, and the Mets. Um, and then, but then after that, like their last 20 games essentially are against 
Baltimore, Toronto, and Miami. So, so if we can, if the Yankees can survive, you know, with a, a decent lead through these next two, three weeks of baseball, then they should be in a really good, a really good spot uh, to kind of close things out and secure the division in September. Yeah, I mean, the game today might have been a little shaky, but I mean, a win against Atlanta is a win against Atlanta. That's a good baseball team, regardless if I like some of the players on the team or not. Like, they got a good squad, so. Yeah, I, I, I was happy with the win tonight. Um, Montgomery looked good. He got tagged for the one home run off, you know, to Azuna in the sixth, but six solid innings, quality start. I'll take that. Um, but again, like, it, so it was, it was eight nothing going into the top of the sixth. It was eight to three after six. And I know I was talking to you about it while I was watching that in the game. Like, I just don't, I, I feel like Boone is trying to be, he's trying to, to get away with things when he can. And it's, I think it's taxing the bullpen even more than what it needs to. Um, so like he started, uh, he brought in like David Hale with a five run lead rather than just like, okay, three innings left. Let's go without a Vino. Let's go to green. Let's go to Britain. We're playing, a, you know, arguably one of the better offenses so far this year. I think they're leading the league and run scored. Um, let's just, you know, boom, let's get these three innings done. We'll throw our best guys and we'll close it out. We'll take this win, get things going in the right direction. We had an off day yesterday. They have an off day on Thursday, whatever. But he went with Hale. Hale got hit around a little bit, so he still had to bring in Adovino to get two outs. Uh, Hale let up a run. Yankees got that run back in the seventh. So in the eighth, he goes with Sessa. Uh, Sessa got hit around, gave up two runs. So he had to pull him and went with Chad Green anyway. So Chad Green had to pitch, had to get two outs. Um, and then I forget who came in and pitched the ninth. Um, yeah, Britain. Britain came in and pitched the ninth because um, it was now a safe situation. So yeah. you so you ended up using the big three anyway. You only saved Adovino for an out and Green for an out, but you've now had Hale and Sessa get up and get warm and throw. And I just I don't know why that was needed. Like. I don't know what you were hope what he was hoping to accomplish by not throwing them, um, whatever the case may be. Um, I will say that I'm pretty excited with um, an 11 and six start. So I was looking at like really where my concerns are. Um, I talked about like Clint Frazier probably needing to be called up. Um, they called him up today. He didn't play though. Um, instead, they had Gardner in the lineup again, and I don't know why. Um, so there, there are four guys that I think are severely underperforming three of them. I'm willing to let slide because there's really like the replacement for them is such a significant step down, but you have two guys that essentially could fill in for Brett Gardner. Um, and I, I don't know why he's still getting at bats by any regard. Um, so going into the game tonight, uh, Gary Sanchez was batting one Oh three. Glaber Torres is batting 157, Brett Gardner is batting 206, and Aaron Hicks is batting 211. Now, Hicks, I think, is just a matter of time before he figures things out. Um, he had uh, a walk and a hit tonight, and then he reached on an air, um, which could have been an infield hit. I thought it should have been ruled a hit, but whatever. So he was taking good at-bats. Um, Sanchez also, I think, took really good at-bats. Um, I think he saw, like, seven or eight pitches on average in his plate appearances, but he did go 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, so he's now batting .093. 
Um, Torres, again, the, the drop-off is going to be so bad. Like, he definitely just, like, needs time to work through it. Um, he's going to be your starter. He's he's going to be, you know, all-star caliber type player at some point. He went over 2 with two walks. Um, so he's batting 151 now on the year. And then um, Gardner, 0 for 4, two strikeouts, looked lost at the plate. Such a bad swing. But you have Mike Talkman, who ended up entering the game as a pinch hitter and then replacing Judge, who's batting 300 on the year. And you just brought up Clint Frazier. Like, what did you call him up for if he wasn't <laughs> going to play games? Like, the dude hit anytime he's really been up. Like, he wasn't, like, tearing the cover off the ball. He's not raking. But, like, he, he can play. Like, there's a reason why you got him. Like, he was the centerpiece that came over in the Andrew Miller deal uh, in the 2016 trade deadline when they traded away Chapman and Miller. Like, Frazier was the big piece that came over from Cleveland. But it's like, even if you if you don't think he's going to have an everyday spot for you long-term, let him build value now and then trade him in the offseason because you need pitching. Like, the, the starting rotation is going to look really different next year, I think. And there's no reason why you can't start to try to build for that now. Um, you know, you're going to you're gonna have Cole still, obviously. Um, you'll have Severino and Herman back, hopefully. And they're some resemblance of themselves. And then you'll have Montgomery. So you have four guys that are probably shooting, but Hap hopefully will be gone. Um, Paxton will be a free agent, and Tanaka's a free agent. I'd love to see them re-sign Tanaka. But I still think you need another plus pitcher um, to be like in that number two spot behind Cole. Like think like look at like the the teams that have won World Series lately, like Houston with Verlander, Granke, Cole, um, the Nationals last year with Corbin Scherzer and Strasburg. Like that's really what it's going to take for you to compete with some of these top offenses in baseball. Is you're just going to need three guys that can take over a game, and the Yankees are far away from that. If the Yankees were to um, trade for, you know, some of this Cardinals depth in pitching and his name is not Jack Flaherty, uh, what's the who's the player you would want to take from the Cardinals and who are you giving us? Um, I so. Hmm. If I wanted it to be an impact level right now. As a tough call. Because um, I, I think the best pitching option for a trade piece that the Cardinals have that isn't named Jack Flaherty is Matt Libertor. Yeah. Um, could be my bias because I'm pretty high on him. Um, I think he has all the makings of being a top-end rotation guy. Um, and I think that the, the deal of the Card like what the Cardinals gave up to get him was a goddamn steal. Um, so I, I, I would like to see the Cardinals hold on to him, but I would be cool with the Yankees trading for him as well. However, I think he's probably like, probably more of like a 2021, 2022 type impact guy. Um, so I don't know that it would help right now. Um, if I had to take a guy right now and it wasn't, and it isn't Jack Flaherty, I, I honestly think that I would want them to trade for Wainwright. Mm. 
Okay. Um, I think that he will. <clears throat> so you we so you still have Paxson to pitch in like that number two spot. Like, uh, hopefully Paxson can figure it out, or if Tanaka is healthy because he's had two starts and Tanaka's like a 1.17 ERA right now. But one of his starts he was limited to 50 pitches and he only pitched like two innings. Um, yeah. So he's pitching tomorrow against Atlanta. Um, he looked great um, in his start against uh, Tampa Bay. Um, that's who started game one that like no one had any offense. Um, so like, he looked great against Tampa Bay. So if he does the same thing against Atlanta, then you have Tanaka as like your number two. Great. Um, so then if you have like Paxton still in the rotation, but if you were to bring in like a Wayne Wright to be a number three, number four type guy, veteran, you know, postseason experience just goes about the, the job the right way. Um, and it's not going to break you to pick up a salary. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year and he's older. So he probably wouldn't have to give up a whole lot. Um, and in all honesty, like I would probably look at, I uh, like in all honesty, like, I think if I, <clears throat> you could probably, you could probably go like, like trade from like a position of power and go with like Induhar. Um, mm-hmm. who is struggling offensively for sure, um, can play third base, isn't going to kill you, um, not the the best defensive third baseman. He's trying out the whole outfield experience right now to try to get some playing time because Urshela has been such a stud. Um, but it, if the DH sticks around, then that would definitely be the type of role that he could fill for the Cardinals. And if he can figure out how to hit for average, then he could, you know be a pretty big power guy and he could end up batting in like that four or five hole and fill that void. So it's a flyer for the Cardinals sake. And they're giving up Wainwright who is probably only going to have a half year left. Um, So they're kind of playing for their future where the Yankees are trying to bring in a guy that's going to help them win. Now, Um, Michaelis, obviously I'm not very high on, I don't think he should have got the deal he did anyway, but he's hurt anyway. Um, I don't like Carlos Martinez. You're not taking, uh, what's his face? Sorry, Michaelis. Yeah, you're not taking Michaelis. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not big on Carlos Martinez. I think he's better out of the bullpen. I think he looked great out of the bullpen last year. Um, I think what you kind of got from him in his first start. I know he's on the 10-day injured list now, and they haven't said why. I don't know if it's COVID-related because they haven't released all the players, so it could just be that. Um, or there could be something else going on. Could just be a psyche thing because he got kind of hit around. And then I, I don't, I don't know how the 10 day injured list works in terms of games being postponed for COVID. Cause it's not a 10 game IL it's 10 day. So I would assume it's retroactive. It's like anyone that was put on the 10 day IL at this point in time, they're eligible to come off at any time because yeah. they, the Cardinals haven't played in 13 days. Um, so that would be my assumption. So I don't know what it was. Could have just been COVID. But I don't think he's very good as a starter. I think he's much better as a, a back-end bullpen guy. Um, Kim would be interesting, but we haven't got to see him enough. Um, he looked great in spring. He looked great in the summer camp. A little shaky in his one outing against Pittsburgh. Um, but then again, we haven't gotten to see him since then. So yeah, we're one, start here. Yeah, one, one outing isn't really isn't really enough to say one way or the other. Um, especially because he looked to have so much promise, 
um, in the, the non-regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like really it's like Hudson would be the other one. Um, but I think because of Hudson's youth, the Cardinals would have uh, would have room to ask for more. Um, and I, I don't know that I think that he would really be worth it, although he is under won, team control. He, so he won what sixteen games last year, like uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah I so I mean, to give him up, I think yeah, the Cardinals would easily be like he's you know team controlled, he's young, uh, and he won sixteen games last year. Now, granted, the Cardinals did score a lot of runs when he was starting. Like it was kind of like Lance Lynn when he's here, he was here didn't get a lot of run support. Like Lance Lynn had to. Um, pitch his butt off to try to get wins, but uh, we got your boy some uh, wins last year, that's for sure. So, yeah, I agree. He'd, uh, he'd be a lot costlier. Um, I think the Adam Wainwright trade would be interesting, um, especially like, coming from a player like I don't know how the St. Louis fan base would feel about it in general, but if a player needs some like infield defensive help, like I think we have a really good staff to help with that. Um, uh, you know, Mike Schmidt runs a pretty tight infield. That's why it was kind of surprising to see us not playing as well defensively just because the turnaround we had last year defensively. So um, it'd be interesting to see a project. Um, obviously, I'd like, you know, an outfielder. Like, let's can we snag an outfielder that's not named John Carlos Stanton? Uh, <laughs> we, we would totally give you Stanton. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, and if, you, if we were to look at doing something like Hudson, like uh, a Clint Frazier, you know, something like that could very well just be a straight-up trade. Like, here you go. Here's a guy. So the problem with the Cardinals, though, is that they, they have Dylan Carlson still. So maybe that's one solution. Um, if O'Neal if O'Neill and Thomas can fill out the rest of the outfield, then you're good. So the Cardinals are in this holding game where they're like, well, we have potential options, but then they aren't giving those potential options looks on a regular basis. Um, and it, it's just, it's like what the, what the Yankees did. Like, let's bring up Clint Frazier, but then we're going to sit him. And then like, we're going to pull judge and we're going to get Talkman in at bat. Who's batting 300. Like that would have been an opportune time in a game that you're up by five to let Frazier get in at bat, like get him in the game. Cause you just brought him up, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but that just isn't the approach that teams seem to take. And I don't know why, um, you know, like, Brett Gardner is the New York Yankees Harrison Bader. Like, except that at least Bader's young. Gardner's old. Like, he's been around the Yankees for a long <laughs> time. Like, cool, I get I get that what he's done, but he looks bad at the plate. His feet are moving all over the place. Like, he needs to just go figure out what's going on. Yep. And you, you have Clint Frazier ready and able, good to go. Like, I, you know, like, talking, like I said, he's batting 300 keep giving him at bats um you know with uh with stanton going down through the injury he's gonna be out three to four weeks with a hamstring strain i don't know what they got to do to keep him on the uh on the field but clearly whatever's going on it's not working so if you want to protect judge you can give judge some time off you can get talkman out you know get talkman in a lineup he's a lefty so against righties clint frazier's right-handed so lefties he can get the, the starts but Gardner isn't hitting anybody anyway, so you could easily give Judge the DH spot. Sanchez looks lost at the plate, and he's terrible behind the plate. So maybe let's find someone that can like start catching. I mean, Higashioka had been doing it, but he's hurt now. 
So we have Eric Kratz. That's why like, I really want him to trade for like JT Realmuto or sign him in the offseason if Philly doesn't re-sign him because uh, then we have a gold glove catcher and Sanchez can be uh, the DH or we can trade Sanchez somewhere or whatever they want to do. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I just know that there's areas of need that the, the Yankees have and some of those answers exist within the team and some of those answers are now at the major league level <laughs> and Boone still isn't playing them. And I don't, I don't get why. Yeah. Welcome um, to the Mike Matheny era of the St. Louis yeah, Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, li- it's literally how play I another feel. guy. Maybe like just, just any day now that you didn't want yeah. to throw that player out and just anyone, just pick anyone else. doesn't matter who it is. Don't even have to play the position naturally. Just put anyone else, but that guy there. And it was impossible for him to do yeah, and so, and so like I said, I mean, the Yankees are 11 and six, and I a lot of people view that as like them underachieving, um, especially because they started eight and one, so they're three and five since that start. But you look at it, so you have four guys that are like that have been everyday starters that are batting, you know, under 220. Three of them are batting under 200. One of them is batting under 100 right now. That's half your lineup. Um, but through all of that, the Yankees have more runs scored than any other team in the AL, and half the lineup isn't producing shit. Um, and then you have one starting pitcher that's really doing anything. So I think Cole... Um, well, I was just looking at this earlier. Um, yeah, so so Garrett Cole has pitched 22 innings as a starter. So prior to tonight. So let's not count Montgomery. So... Um, 22 innings as a starter with the other five guys that have started games for the Yankees or six guys that have started games for the Yankees. Uh, So we'll take Mike King's one start into consideration, which I think he only went three innings. Um, If that might've been two, but so the other guys, let's see uh, Paxson three starts, 10 innings pitched Montgomery had two starts, had 10 innings pitched. Uh, Jonathan Lasuega had two games started, and he's pitched out of the bullpen in a game. He's only at eight innings pitched. Tanaka, two two games started, seven and two thirds innings pitched. Like I said, one of them he one of those starts he was cut to 50 pitches, and then Hap, two games started, seven innings pitched. So you're like all the like Cole has like a third of your innings pitched out of your starting pitchers. Um, through the first 16 games, Yankee starters have combined for 65 and a third innings pitched, which is right around like through 16 games. So it's right around four innings per start. Um, they've played one doubleheader. So even if you count the shorting game as innings logged by starting pitching, it brings it up to four and a third innings pitched. If you say like, OK, well, the two innings that missed both count as innings for starting pitchers. So it'll be 69 and a third innings pitched. So it's like four and a third innings pitch per start so far this year. So more than half the innings pitched are being pitched by the bullpen. That's terrible. <laughs> like that, that's not how you win games. Like no. I, ideally you want six innings out of your starter every time out. Like that's what you want. You're shooting for a quality start. I don't need six shutout. I don't need seven shutout innings, three earned runs or less six innings pitched or more. That's what I'm asking for out of the guys. I don't think it should be that hard. And the Yankees have had it happen three times now. All right. Twice technically, but one of Cole's starts got rained out, so he didn't pitch. Like, the game didn't go six innings. So, 
I will call it three because Cole was cruising. It was four to one, and he was dominating the Nationals opening night. So Cole likely would have pitched a, a quality start then. But other than that, Cole's other one outing against the the Phillies in the game that we won, and then Montgomery's start tonight. Those are the only two quality starts that the Yankees have as pitchers. Like, it, that's so bad. Like, the, every time pitchers are going out, like, short outings, short outings, short outings. And then now with no Chapman yet, I don't know when he'll be available. He's recovering from COVID stuff. So they're talking about taking his time to expand him out and have him ready for to, to go in game. So it might be a couple weeks still. And then Tommy Canley being done for the year now because Tommy John surgery. It's just like, dude, like, come on, man. <laughs> Get this shit together. Garrett Cole needs to pitch all of our games. Yeah, that's I, and really like, he has four games started. <laughs> so, yeah. like, he's pitched a fourth of our games. You know, or of of their games that aren't my games, but um, I haven't pitched in any of them. But yeah, it's just it's it's so crazy to see what it is. I think like the the league average is like in like the mid forty percent of innings pitched. Are, have been by bullpens, um, and then, like, which is which I think is crazy to me. So I think that pitching has looked worse than what it has in recent years. And then I was reading an article earlier today that offense is down. Like it, it's it's about par for the course in terms of like run production and home runs and stuff like that. But like the strikeout rates are significantly higher, and team batting averages are significantly lower. Um, yeah. So like there's just like no no offense like, and I I don't I don't know I you know well uh, I mean umpires are calling a pretty not tight strike zone and I've heard more than one on one occasion that like if it's close like baseball seemingly just gonna give it to the pitcher so they can just move games along as well because um, I, I don't know like if you've been seeing it but. I see some pretty bad calls in just the handful of games the Cardinals played and watching a couple other games. I mean, the strike zone's just kind of, it's, it's not, doesn't seem very consistent and it's definitely a little outside of the boundary, you know? Agreed. Yeah. And then I feel like I, I jinx teams. Um, so we were, you know, we just kind of been doing like random stories, you know, kind of finding some stuff to talk about across the MLB in general. And one of the things that I had, like, I looked at, I was like, oh man, like there's a couple teams that are kind of off to surprising starts. Um, so again, this is through Sunday's games. Um, and, uh, it's like Miami, uh, was seven and three after returning to play. Um, they took two out of three from Philly to open the season. So, and maybe that's not that great. Cause maybe Philly is a bad team. Um, I don't know. I think they ended up losing tonight. I know they scored a run to start it off, but I don't think they drove in the other run. So I think they lost 10-9 to to Baltimore. Um, and then they swept Baltimore their first series back, and then they lost two out of three to the Mets over the weekend. Um, and then they have two games with Toronto uh, before they get into what I would consider like a tough part of their schedule. Uh, they play Atlanta three times, the Mets seven, Washington four times, and Tampa Bay three times to finish out August. So I don't think Miami will probably be where they're at right now, leading the NL East uh, when we turn the calendar to September. But I wouldn't even expect them to be 7-3 and three to start the year. Um, and, of course, they lost to Toronto tonight, uh, so they're 7-4 and four now. 
Um, so one of my surprise teams, the first game back that they played because they were off yesterday, um, they took a loss. Um, then I talked about Oakland. They're 12-4, and four, have the best record in the MLB, um, and they just completed a sweep of Houston over the weekend. Uh, they have a five-game lead in the division and are currently riding a nine-game win streak. Um, they had a three-game series that started last night with the Angels, uh, who were last place in the AL. Uh, so the streak could certainly continue for a few more days was literally what I said. Well, they lost last night to LA and they're down five to nothing tonight. <laughs> so, yeah. so Oakland hasn't won a game since I called out that they got off to a hot start. Um, and then the third team that I thought was surprising was Colorado. Uh, they were 11 and four and they were a half game up on the Dodgers. Um, they've played five series to that point, and they have five series wins. So I think the Rockies are doing like exactly what you hope a team does in a year. Uh, like we talked about it after the Cardinals lost to our, yeah, after the Cardinals lost to the Pirates, the last game of their opening series it was like, hey man, like if you're just taking two out of three every time out, you're gonna be in a really great shape. So like, yep, you would like to sweep a team that's probably gonna be the bottom of the barrel. I think the Pirates are like three and thirteen on the year. Um, so obviously, you know, the Cardinals are a much better team, but with that being said, like serious wins, you'll take them. If you're, if you split, you know, every two game series, if you split, if you're splitting a four game series and then you're winning two out of three in your three game series all the time, you're going to be in the playoffs and you're probably going to win your division. So that's what Colorado. It's Tony. Go ahead. Tony LaRusso baseball. Just win series. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Happy flights kind of thing. Yep. Um, so that's yep. what Colorado had been doing. Um, now, granted, in their in their 15 games, they hadn't played L.A. like the Dodgers at all yet. So I don't know how that worked, that you you have 10 games against the Dodgers, and in the first quarter of your season, you don't play them at all. So you have 10 games now in the last 45 games of your <laughs> season. Uh, so good luck. Um, but they did sweep Oakland in a two-game series in the opening week. So obviously Oakland was, you know, as of Monday night, was, had the best record in baseball. Um, but I think obviously the, the 10 games that they have against the Dodgers still will go a pretty long way. And then the Padres are a pretty good team. So I think the, the NL West, in my opinion, will probably be the most competitive in terms of teams making the playoffs by being first or second in the division and having a wild card team go. Um, cause like the Padres are beating up on the Dodgers tonight. Um, yeah, and, the Padres are definitely beating up on the Dodgers. Yeah, and and I think like they're the only division that has three teams over 500. Are no the the AL Central does as well, um, and then I guess the the AL East is right. Well, um, will be there because Baltimore won tonight. So there's a couple, but the Rockies are 11 and five, Dodgers are 11 and six, San Diego's 10 and seven. All the other ones that have three teams like. Yeah, like the, um, like I was saying, like in the the AL East, like Tampa Bay is nine and eight, and Baltimore is going to be eight and seven. So they're like one game above five hundred. Uh, whereas the other, it's like I think it's very clear that the NL West is likely beating up on the AL West, uh, because other than Oakland, like Houston's seven and nine, and they're in second place in the AL West, and they're two games below five hundred. Um, so. I, I think the NL West will just be pretty tough. Um, so when when Colorado has those games, uh, which I don't know how many games left they have against the Padres, I didn't look at that. Um, let's see. But I know, and I know the Rockies are winning tonight, and Charlie Blackman's batting like 480 because he's ridiculous. 
Um, yeah, so they've played one series against the Padres, and they took two out of three from San Diego. So they'll still have seven games left against against the Padres. So definitely some tough games ahead, 17 games left against the two other top teams in your division. Um, so I think that'll go a long way. But again, they were 11-4. They're winning tonight uh, by a decent margin. I think it's like 8-2. to two in the eighth, but they lost last night. So I made note of three teams that were off the surprise start and all of them lost their following game. So I was like, I, I, I curse them. <laughs> it's good. You got suspended spanks. So yeah. yeah. So you I'm just going to, I want to go on record and say Tampa Bay is off to a surprise start and <laughs> they're doing great. They look like a team that could win the world series. Um, so, uh, nice. yeah, like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the only other thing we had under the random stories was uh, wanting to spend some time talking about the uh, Oakland Houston series from over the weekend. I believe you you I'm had you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. I know we poked fun at it to open up the podcast, but I don't know if there was anything in particular that you. You wanted to address about it? Uh, I so you were cutting out on my side. I don't know what's oh, going on. Well, correct. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I just really wanted to talk about the um, so the twenty game suspension that was handed down to how do you pronounce his last name? Citrone uh, of the Houston <clears throat> hitting coach. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, it was, Cint- I think it was Cintrone. Cintrone. Cint- Cintrone sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah, and Ramon uh, Loriano. Loriano. Yeah, I think Lor- it's Loriano, or it's like, or it's like Loriano. Yeah. I think it's Loriano is how he pronounces it. So the I I guess where I'm at is I mean Joe Kelly appealed his suspension today, and I get it that he threw at somebody like, but like you know to him it's just a little wild that day you know um and i found it interesting so the 20 games from the coach is not a p you can't he can't appeal that whatsoever right it's 20 games that's all he gets and then ramon's getting six but he's gonna appeal that so it's six games for charging I, i get it he said something about your mom whatever got it but you charge you incited a riot pretty much on a baseball field in a COVID era uh, where we're not supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be social distancing ourselves and stuff like that. Um, honestly, to only get six games uh, and Joe Kelly got far more, you know, a couple more games than that. What do you got? Eight, eight yep. um, for saying nice for, swing bitch. <laughs> yeah. And, and thrown at a guy. Um, like I think the 20 games was baseball's point to be like, look, we're finally giving it to the Astros. We're gonna give him to. We're gonna give this guy twenty games, but he's not even the only hitting coach on the team. Like, there's another hitting coach on the team that guy's gonna take over, and this guy's just gonna go for twenty days. Whatever, he's gonna be back. Like, <clears throat> yeah, he probably helped them cheat last year. Like, I don't even know if he was the hitting coach last year in general, but and... I, it seems a little light for Ramon. That's why I think the Joe Kelly. I, I'm excited so... to see where his appeal lands because now I'm like. If I was him, I'd be like, wait, he only got six games? But, like, look at all he did. Like, this is all I did was I called a guy a bitch, which 
I didn't talk about his mama. I directly called him a bitch. At least I said it to his face. Uh, and, you know, I was a little off that day, and I, I you know, threw it aside. My bad. So. No, I I agree. I know we talked about it, I think, last week about the Joe Kelly suspension. I think it's a joke. Um, like I said, if you were to, to give the, that equivalent of length of time into 162 games, it would be about, like, a 21-game suspension. Now, if Kelly did hit him in the head, if Kelly, you know, hit multiple batters, if he, you know, was potentially going to injure somebody, you know, whatever the case may be, like, I think all of that, you could build a case. But the pitch to Bregman, it was fastball, it was up, but it was well behind him. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think Kelly had any intent on hitting him. Like, it was just like, hey, like, I'm going to walk you and I'm going to utilize this opportunity to let you know I don't appreciate what you guys did. Um, And then he had a couple pitches up and in to Gurriel and he ended up walk. I think he ended up walking him or even maybe got him out. I don't remember, but he had a couple pitches up and in, but there's pitches up and in all the time. Like I'm watching every Yankees game this year. Like I've seen multiple guys like Voight got blasted on the hand again tonight. You know, like, and no one, no one gets mad about that. Like, there weren't suspensions due to that or anything like that. And he actually got hit. And, like, having something like that happen, like, you could very easily be in a situation where, like, you break, like, you break a bone in his hand and now Voight's out for the rest of the year. You know, like, he's just done for for the rest of the year. Um, So, I I don't think Kelly really did anything all that bad. Um, The nice swing bitch, you know, the talking shit, staying out on the field, and the bench is clearing. If you want to punish the guys that started that, cool. Correa, Kelly, give them two, three games, whatever. Um, it's tough for me because a pitcher, like, I, I guess at least a relief pitcher, it's a bigger deal. But if he threw a decent amount of pitches that night anyway, he probably isn't going to be used for the next game or two anyway. So, it like, if you give that, like, if you give a suspension to Correa, him being out of the lineup for two full games is a lot more significant than a relief pitcher in my eyes. So, I do see there being a difference there. Um, but if you give Kelly eight games and then Loreano does what he did and you give him six, like, it doesn't seem to be, like... I, I think Kelly had a better reason to throw at guys for Houston than Loreano did for charging that guy. Um, especially if all he had, all he said was something about his mom. I was assuming that it was going to be something racially driven. And in that case, like I think 20 games for the hitting coach is significant. Like it's the right thing to do. Like there's no room for that shit on a baseball field. Be better than that. Yep. Um, you know, where's Lance McCullers Jr. Coming out telling him to be professional. Um, yeah, why don't you be professional? We're just here to win games, coach. Yeah. Don't talk about people's mamas. We're here to win games, co- yeah. so, coach. So be respectable. Yeah, it's like I I agree, like with if it if that's what it was, I can again like I haven't heard anything. Like I'm certain that with all the mics are, that are out there, MLB clear as day probably knows what was said, who said it, you know, whatever. I assume what he, what was said probably wasn't cool. Um, given they got 20 games, I agree with you. Like it really doesn't impact the team probably, but I'm assuming that guy isn't going to get paid. And that's a third of his pay this year that he's not getting. So I think that that's, that should be enough for him. Like for coaches to understand they're going to be held accountable for their actions. And I'm on board with that. 
But I think that Loriano should definitely have a bigger suspension than what Kelly did, given that Kelly didn't hit anybody. And, you know, I forget who, like, I think it was like their backup catcher or something like that that tackled him. But I think that that guy also should be suspended. Yeah. You know, and like, if you want to suspend, like, or, or maybe then at that point, it's like, okay, it's like pitting coach instigated Loriano uh, charge. So he's going to get suspended. This guy came out of the dugout and incited contact. So he's also getting suspended. And then anyone else involved in the scrum is going to get fined. And so then you can say like, okay, well, there was no scrum in the LA Houston. So we're not going to suspend anybody. Um, so, so no one additional needs to be suspended, but we're going to suspend Kelly for, you know, two or three games because of his actions, because, you know, Hey, we don't, we don't want that to be in the game. Like someone could get hurt. I get, you have, you don't always throw the ball pinpoint where you want it. If that got away from you and you hit him in the side of the head, it could be a big deal. We'd rather not let that go unpunished. So here you go. Joe Kelly gets three games. Correa started it with his chirping. So he gets fined. And then everyone else that came onto the field, you get fined. Like, and I feel like it could be just as simple as that. Like, obviously these guys, this, the money these guys make is a big deal to them. So here you go. Like, yep. Yeah. We made it clear that money was a huge priority. Yeah. So like we're, we're going to take it from you, you know, whatever. Um, and it's, and I really, like, I don't know what happens when players get fined. Um, but, like, I I would like to think that, say, like, uh, it's like uh, the hitting coach, 20 games, he's gone. So he's, he's not going to get paid. So I think rather than that guy not getting paid, what should happen is, like, that 20 games of his pay should go into, like, a you know, a conglomerate of charities for like COVID relief or something along those lines. So it's not like, yeah. like if you're going to find a player, don't just have it go to the MLB or whatever, or like, Hey, the owner just doesn't have to pay you because you're suspended without pay. So the owner's not going to pay you but like, no, like your pay is just going to go into this COVID relief situation or whatever the case may be. Like, I, and I don't know that that doesn't happen now, but at least something good comes from it. And you know, something along those lines. Yeah, since 2020 is just going to be a year in a bubble all on its own, and it's just going to be weird. Uh, but that that's where it's at for me. It's like, I don't know. The the punishments don't seem to fit the crimes, um, but they didn't really do a very good yeah. job of explaining Yeah, like, I think why we see Jim Kelly to get, like, half, you know? Yeah. I, I think it goes from eight to four, maybe even... Maybe four. I mean, at the end of the day, he he threw at the guy. Like, let's get Joe Kelly knew where that was going. It was purposely thrown there. Get it. Four games. All right, cool. Take your legs. I think eight's just, especially with this one, only going to be six. Um, so I think if you're going to leave this one at six, you got to move Joe Kelly's to four um, and get him under that um, and then go on about it. But uh, the other part of this is, again, like we keep saying, like, we're not super far into this yet. Like, how many more teams are going to take their licks at the Astros because baseball didn't do anything to them. Like every team feels like they have an obligation to do this, especially teams that don't play them every year. 
<laughs> you know, like not, not as much as they're going to play him this year. Like, oh, well, cool. Now, like we have to take it upon ourselves as baseball to kind of help take this care of this. So I think the interesting is suspensions keep continuing to come down on reactions, even though this one wasn't really like a cheating reaction. Like I'm sure some of that pent up anger wasn't just because he said something about your mama because you probably have had things said to you your whole entire life that you didn't agree with, right. but did you like you charge them and like do these things and, you know, start a baseball riot, like highly doubt it. Um, I, I think you could have got over it. There's probably that little bit of a, Oh yeah. Okay. You're well, you're the fucking cheater. And here I come over here. So, right. I think it's gonna be interesting to see going forward, how many more teams take this and is it like one suspension that finally stops everybody? Is it like one big name player? Like, what will stop the um, the stop throwing at Astros and stop hitting them? Because like just like what was it? Uh, I think it was Bregman. It was like going home, and the guy like hit him in the back. Um, I, I, he was only thrown from like third, so like he probably could have definitely thrown it at the catcher, but he definitely nailed him in the back. Um, like whether that's on purpose or not, like you'll never know, but seems to be more likely that like you're a professional baseball player from a third base from home to home base it shouldn't be that hard for you so yeah i mean it definitely shouldn't be that hard but it certainly does happen um but i and i think that if everything didn't come out about the astros i don't think either one of us would question whether or not it was done intentionally or whatnot um yeah but but for me i think that this is probably going to be prevalent in baseball through 2021 um, because a, like you said, some of the teams that were probably impacted at the greatest level, aren't going to play the Astros at all this year, unless they meet them in the playoffs and the Astros may not even make the playoffs. Um, but the, Yan- the throw, Yankees, and the gonna, Red Sox, you're not going to give runners up in playoff games. That's right. not going to happen. Right. You're gonna buy so, your no. And, and one of the teams I think that kind of ate it the worst was the Red Sox who lost to the Astros in, um, 2017 and 2019, I believe, um, as well. Maybe not last year. Um, I don't. But in 2017, definitely, um, they lost in the division series to them, and that obviously that was the big year that they cheated. So it was like the Red Sox, Yankees, and the Dodgers, like the three teams that were immediately impacted in the playoffs by that aspect. And the Yankees and the Red Sox won't play the Astros at all during the regular season. And the Red Sox probably won't be in the postseason anyway, so it won't be till next yeah. year that these two teams meet for the first time. So you're still going to see that shit be there. Um, you're going to have players that played in those games that are on other teams now that are going to see them for the first time that may have their own little personal grudges. Um, but then, like, guys that spoke out and had shit to say about it. Like, I know Trevor Bauer was real big on it. Like, obviously the Reds aren't going to play the Astros at all this year. Um you know, a couple guys from Cleveland, um, you know, had spoke out about how it was kind of some, some Bush League shit. So, like, I think a lot of people in the league have something, like, have words for these teams. I don't know that it'll equate to anything on the field or not, because ultimately teams want to, pl- like, are going to play to win. But I think that if the Astros are blowing a team out or a team's blowing out the Astros, you're you're going to see it come up. And I think that it's probably going to be prevalent throughout all of next season. Um, because there's like no one's able to really get it out this year. 
and you're not able to like even if you do you can't mix it up like you aren't going to get to throw a punch at a guy and i wouldn't be surprised if some of these dudes want to punch someone on astros <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like uh punch a punch a red wings fan in the face day here in st louis yeah. it's just punch an astros player in the face day you know? yeah it's like it it's just like i i get it like it's that you know that field level justice i guess um do I hope the Yankees throw at them if they play? No. Like, i just be above it. Um, do I think that the Astros got a pretty light punishment? Um, for them, like, in the grand scheme of things, yep, because they won. Um, the, the fine that was put out was, like, just arbitrary. Like, didn't matter at all. Um, I think the draft picks will be significant. Um, I know when we did our our brief little coverage and we attempted to make the MLB draft interesting, which is just too hard to do. Um, we like one of the things we talked about is like all of the makeup that exists for like the Cardinals right now that we, that was like the one team that I really dug into and like pretty much anyone that's at the major league roster, they were drafted in like the first six rounds and majority of it was in like mm-hmm. the first three rounds and they don't have a first or second round pick for two years. So may not be impactful currently, but, you know, two, three, four, five seasons from now, you know, like the middle of the 2020s, they aren't going to have those big name prospects on the verge of coming up, most likely. Um, well, you'd also think that Houston's kind of stuck with some of these players because, uh, I mean, do you really think other teams are going to go out and get a Carlos Correa and bring him into your clubhouse? Like, and other people look at him and be like, yeah, you can go fuck off. Like, yeah, you're a good baseball player. That cool, whatever. But you can go fuck off. You're a fucking cheater. Yeah, I I would imagine at this point, for sure. Now that it's come out, um, but some guys already got paid. Like Marwin Gonzalez is the name that comes to mind for me. Like he took his 2017, had a career year, and then got a fat contract from the Twins. Um, and I like it may not have been for 2018, but I think it was like for last year. Um, like I'll I'll see if I can find his contract real quick. Um, just because like this is something that I looked at. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, he played with the Astros 2017 and 2018. Um, he was 28 and 29 in those years. Looked that up. I saw one set of. Um, he made 3.7 million in 2017 and then 5.1 million in 2018. So those are the last two years with his contract in Houston. And then he signed a two year deal in Minnesota for 2019 and 2020. And he made 12 million and 9 million respectively. So from 2017, where he made call it 4 million his salary tripled in 2019 based off of the production that he probably had in the last two years of his contract, like in those last two years with Houston. And in one of those years, he full on cheated. Let's see how Marwin Gonzalez is doing so far this year in 2020, then. And 292 with two home runs and, uh,
Yeah, I'm like. Or Juan Soto. This is coming up pretty strong. We still don't like him here uh, in this household. Not a big Juan Soto fan. Um, it's really not because he's not going to be a good baseball player. He's just arrogant, and I don't think it was the right time and place to grab your crotch on national television. But um, playing real well right now, coming back out real hot. So <laughs> um, interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, numbers. That so, like 444 in there. Yeah. Gon- Gonzalez set a career high. In 2017, a career high in home runs, RBIs, and batting average. Um, he also struck out less times than he did the year before or the year That's after, um, and he weird. and he walked almost. Uh, he walked more than double in 2017 than what he walked in 2016. Um, it's like cheating in Fall Guys, you know? Who cheats in Fall Guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm trying to see if I can find his home versus away splits. Cause I think that those were also pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, here we go. Home or away. So, um, oh, he actually batted better away. He had 326 away, 282 at home. Um, but he had eight home runs away, 15 home runs at home. <laughs> it's like his slugging percentage was higher. Um, yeah, I just the production was there like for power numbers and stuff like that at home, which granted Houston is a smaller ballpark. Yeah, really, really benefiting. Yeah. But he had a career year and a year that obviously that it's known that the Astros cheated. He was with the Astros and they turned it into a huge contract with the twins. So I was like, dude, terrible. Um, but so talking about like production from guys. So I don't know, like I've, I've paid a little bit of attention to Ozuna. Um, obviously cause we're like one of the things we talk about all the time that the Cardinals need is that, you know, number four type hitter, like what Ozuna was supposed to be last year. Um, so I don't know if this is updated. I don't think it is. Cause I think they've played 19 games now. Yeah, so this this could be updated, may not be. Um, but I think he had his fourth home run tonight, and this is only as him at three. But so he's at, yeah, because I think he's at four home runs and 11 RBIs, and he's batting like 260, 270, something like that, um, in 19 games for the Braves. If he could have done that in St. Louis, he just would have st- he probably just would have gotten resigned here, and it would have been fine. Um, but then. Lance Lynn, your boy, four starts, 1.16 ERA. You're breaking up again. I can't hear you. What the hell? Um, I think it's just my internet's shitty. Um, but no, Lance Lynn has four starts this year, 2-0, 1.16 ERA, 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings. It's already got 30 Ks and 23 innings pitched through four starts yeah we like Lancelin. yeah we like tearing, up, tearing up man they they couldn't yankees couldn't resign him but they want to resign ja hap fuck so dumb so dumb um but yeah uh that that kind of covers everything that i got i mean of course i can i can find dumb shit to talk Cole. about but i guess we can we can see yeah yeah um, so what 
What time? Cardinals are. What time do you got? Uh, like right around like an hour forty. That's not bad. So that's not bad. I started my twenty minutes late. Jeez. I'm so bad. I even like before we started, I was bringing my timer because I always yeah. forget to start it. And then I, when I, I realized it, and I was like, "That's probably about ten minutes or so." Dang, twenty minutes. Yeah, even yeah. We're, I'm, at we're, one, I'm at one sixteen, so twenty four minutes. Right? Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're one thirty nine thirty right now on my 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 recording. Um, I wonder if this is the interleague faithful's favorite part when we talk about how long we've gone in it. <laughs> Like at the end of our podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, nice. I have been listening for an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. Like, right. thanks, thanks for reminding me that I've been listening to you guys blabber on for two hours and twenty two minutes. And that means we're good. If they didn't realize it was an hour and forty minutes, they're enjoying. So. It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll have. We we should be back to uh, our our usual Monday night recording for Tuesday morning post uh, next week. Cardinals hopefully. Baseball. Hopefully we will have Cardinals, Cardinals baseball, baseball to talk about. Um, I they're only four and a half games out first right now. I mean it's really not all that bad. Dude, uh, all I'm concerned with is that we play a respectable amount of games to be in the major league baseball. You know, so and that's all I'm concerned about. And really, I guess they're they're not even like fuck. I mean they're they're six games. So what? Six wins? Yeah. So. They're 12 games. They have 12 games in hand against Cincinnati, and they just need to go six and six, and they'll be tied. Cincinnati's currently in second, um, and uh, that's a playoff spot. So really, the Cardinals just need to play 500 baseball over the next, you know, over those 12 games they got to make up, and they're in a playoff spot. So, hey man, hope and dreams. That's what we're living on this year. You know, we hope we're playing. We're dreaming Harrison Bader is going to be better. <laughs> We're dreaming Dillison Carlson might get a crack at this year, dude. We're, yeah. we're just hoping and dreaming and hoping and dreaming. Yeah, Cardinals are just going to have all these double headers where they don't have to have guys close out games in the ninth because they always struggle to find guys that can do that. So they're like, here's our game plan. We're just going to not have ninth innings. <laughs> we're like, watch, uh, watch how we'll make this work. Boom. We don't have nine innings anymore. Or maybe they're doing this on purpose. Hey, we're only playing seven inning games. Yeah, we just this only is, want to play seven. We, this is going to uh, be better for our excuse, team. So. Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Commissioner. Can we just play seven inning games? Because <laughs> right, at this point, like, yeah. if they have ten double headers, that's twenty of their games. That's a yeah. third of their schedule that they're only going to play seven innings. So far, could be more, but I don't know what number they need to get to for a respectable amount of games. So. Maybe Manfred will enlighten Nobody, us on that. Rod Manfred point. doesn't even know what that number is. Dude. Yeah. He just went with it today. Like, And really, I, I think I was Brad Thompson I heard uh, talking about it today and he or yesterday, and he was like, all that sounded like to me was just we're going to get him enough games to be able to make it to the playoffs. You know, like as long as we get him that many games, whatever that number is, and we just let him, if, if they make it in, we'll just let him slide in and we'll be done with it. Yeah, like it, it'll be crazy. So, so we'll see. Hopefully, the, we'll know more Monday. Um, hopefully, we'll be talking about the weekend series with the White Sox, and you know, we'll uh, see. Uh, Yankees they have Atlanta again tomorrow night, and then an off day, and then I think we have the Red Sox this weekend again. Uh, yeah, yeah, four games against the Red Sox Friday through Monday. Um, so, hopefully, we'll. Uh, I'll be talking about how we're fresh off a four-game sweep of the Red Sox when we record next Monday. Um, so it should be 
should be fun. Hopefully we got uh, we got some good news. Um, anything else on your end, Mr. Christopher? No, I'm good. Well, like, well, cool. Well, excited about some Cardinals baseball, and you know we'll break out of a funk and get a Blues win tomorrow night, and you yeah, know, we're just we're hockey about to start rolling sports in St. Louis. You know? Yeah, hockey playoffs on the verge. They had they started a hockey game and ended a marathon tonight. I don't know if you watched the Tampa Bay Columbus game, but it went into five overtimes. <laughs> Uh, so I saw a, uh, what did I see? It was like, uh, heading into like the seventh stretch or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that read in the, in yeah, the seventh, inning, seventh period stretch. Yeah. 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 Seventh period stretch. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. That's just, it's crazy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Columbus bounces back because spoilers, Toronto ended up winning in the fifth overtime, um, spoilers. on a, on a kind of a poopy goal. Um, just kind of a, a dump in towards the net, hit one of the defenders in the face instead of going into the corner, and it it went right back to a Toronto player, essentially, and they were able to shoot on that with that defenseman not really being in the way anymore, and it went in. Um, so it's kind of a crap goal. Uh, so, heartbreaker, A, it, it was the fifth overtime. It was game one of a series, and Columbus's goalie had, had made 85 saves at that point in time, so uh, that's pretty ridiculous. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they they bounce back for game two. But yeah, uh, what we got the Canucks tomorrow, right? We're playing Vancouver in the yeah, first yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll give some love there. I'm sure we'll we'll make note of what's going on. I know we're more baseball, but we can show some love to our Blues, especially if the Cardinals aren't playing. It'll at least give you some St. Louis sports to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, agreed. So, cool. But uh, yeah. So until next week, uh, thanks for tuning in and stay cool. Bye.